Forgotten Flicks, episode 79. Big Trouble in Little China, 1986. Just listen to the old Pork Chop Express and take his advice on a dark and stormy night, all right? When some wild-eyed, eight-foot-tall maniac grabs your neck, taps the back of your favorite head up against a barroom wall, and he looks you crooked in the eye, and he asks you if you've paid your dues. Well, you just stare that big sucker right back in the eye, and you remember what old Jack Burton always says at a time like that. Have you paid your dues, Jack? Yes, sir, the check is in the mail. Welcome to Forgotten Flicks. And I am Joel and joined, as always, by Jack Burton himself. Jason. I was born ready. Born ready to pay cash at the brothel. (laughs) (laughs) And we are joined for this potentially awesome or upsetting, we don't know yet, episode of Forgotten Flicks by the one and only... And I won't say it with a really bad French accent, Kevin Batchelder. <laughs> oh, who Come the hell on, am I, I kidding? Who the hell am I kidding? Man. Kevin Batchelder. Fresh off his tour at Dragon Con. How are you, sir? Oh, I am awesome. Yes, I am. I'm barely alive, but I had a great time. But I would not miss this opportunity to be with you guys for anything. Even for Dragon Con? I would, I would do it from the con. I would find a way to do it. We should have <laughs> totally set you up for that, shouldn't we have? Well, based on how early you told me about this, we almost did. I don't know what you're talking about, Kevin, because <laughs> you had so much advance notice. I put a schedule up. Your name, everyone knows you check the schedule, show schedule. Your name is on it. See, yeah. everybody listening out there, you never know. Your name might be on it. Check it. <laughs> yes. Check it, folks. That's how it works now. Do you get an email? No. You find out by going and checking you, what's coming up totally, next. Totally. That is the way we want to see if everybody's paying attention. Hey. And we know. Hey, now. Everybody knows Joel is the most organized person they have ever met. So perhaps I am. Um, <laughs> and, and and those and those that work with me and know that so well obviously depend on me to be organized, which sort of makes them idiots. And <laughs> but yes, I digress. No, yes, Kevin is a trooper. Um, he was uh, let's just say surprised. 
Although, I guess not entirely. <laughs> you knew you were going to be on for Big Trouble in Little China. You just didn't tackle it, technically, uh, you know, whatever. No, it was going to be, you know, like two weeks from the date you <laughs> saw. On a... Two weeks? We're talking like seven or eight days, and I was away for like six of them. I had to watch this movie on the plane. Oh. <laughs> Oh, but see, so thank Wait you, thank you, Joel. I got to watch a movie on a plane that I'm I like. <laughs> Wait a second, you had to rewatch this movie to get ready? No, but you know, it's an everybody needs when you have so many great movies to choose from, and all the ones you guys do. It's just I look forward to rewatching them. Can just you, can you please explain gonna... that to my wife? Because she always says it. She goes, "How many times have you seen this movie?" I said, "It's not the point. <laughs> not the point." This is like an academic viewing. I have to exactly. actually sound coherent. You have to pay attention. I have to pay attention. Wait a minute. Coherent? Have you actually listened to this show before, Kevin? I was going to say, usually you'd watch to have to keep up with the host, but it's you guys, so yeah, there you go. Really? I mean, seriously? <laughs> I don't even. I barely know what movie we're doing. <laughs> but, of course, we are doing Big Trouble in Little China. It is yep. a John Carpenter joint. And that song that opened it up was, in fact, sung by... Jason, do you know? Do you know who one of the voices was? The deeper of, of the two voices? No, I have no idea. Okay, I know Kevin knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, this is going to be Go fun. Continue. Kevin's still punchy. This will be fun. <laughs> so, Kevin, the deep voice, the big trouble. That guy, the one who's trying to do the kind of pseudo Elvis impression. Who was that singing? Elvis himself. You guys really don't know? Seriously? Oh, was oh, it, I, oh that's was, aw- Now, wait a second. Was it John Carpenter? I mean, I know he did the music. Yes. So was he like John Carpenter part of the band is, or something? J- j- that's his band, the Coupe de Villes. Oh, the Coupe de Villes, yeah. Oh, okay, okay right. and that was John, I, John I Carpenter exactly himself. Sing. Yeah, it was him. And the, the, yeah, the, in the video, he, the thing about John Carpenter is this. He has looked really, really old since like 1983, 84. Exactly. The very first time I saw him. <laughs> well, you see, you see him in behind-the-scenes shots and, and whatnot on like Halloween. He looks very young, very young hippie, you know, fresh out of college. Even though he's always had a mature, I guess, looking face with the mustache and everything. Yeah. But the, once he went gray, and I don't know exactly when that happened, but he's always looked just really old to me. But he looks exactly the same kind of old now, just about that he did like twenty-five years ago. It's weird. Yeah. Sort of like uh, Dick Clark in reverse. It's just strange. <laughs> age. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a, it's like a vampire who really got the shitty end of the curse. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, that's him singing the big trouble. But the other two members of the band, uh, on the one guy who doesn't sing at all, and I want to say he was he on keyboard. No, keyboard was Carpenter. I don't remember if he was drums, but it was Tommy Lee Wallace who actually actually worked on a lot of movies with Carpenter, directed Halloween two. Has done some other things. And the, the other individual, the little China, the guy who looks like Adam Sandler's creepy, like somewhat off of center <laughs> fraternal twin. That guy is Nick Castle, also known as the shape Michael Myers. Really? That's him. He was, he's also the guy uh, from, um, what is it? Uh, Last Starfighter? Yes, he directed The Last Starfighter. Yep. Yes. Yep. And two classic works of cinema Dennis the Menace the movie <laughs> and the ironically titled Ellen DeGeneres vehicle Mr. Wrong 
<laughs> we go back to the last Starfighter again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we 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 will always I'd like have to, the last I'll Starfighter. I'll breathe that moment in time for him. Mm, okay. Yes. So wait a second. He also did the boy who could fly. Oh yes, he did do the boy who could fly. Mm-hmm. Which Carpenter I think has like a little bit part in. Does he really? I, oh yeah, and actually I think it's the band the Coupe de Ville's. I think they somehow because if you look at the credits, yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen that movie. Like when it came out in the theater, I believe it was the last time I saw that movie. But yeah, they uh, they're in the credits. Yeah, and let us let us not forget Major Payne. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right, one Tubby Tubby. I like Payne. That's a classic right there, buddy. Oh, God bless Damon Wayans. Yeah. <laughs> so, gentlemen, would you like to hear a trailer, perhaps, mayhaps? Oh, Go for it. All right. This is Jack Burton in the Pork Chop Express, and I'm talking to whoever's listening out there. It's a pretty amazing planet we live on here, and a man would have to be some kind of fool to think we're all alone in this universe. There is a hidden world where ancient evil weaves a modern mystery. What's going on here? Is this some kind of... Magic. The darkest magic. They call it Little China. Finally, we shall bring order out of chaos. It's where big trouble was waiting for Jack Burton. Who? Jack Burton. Me. Jack. Jack. Jack! They told him to go to hell. He made one move. And that's just where he's going. Somebody, I don't care who, tell me what is going on. How are you going to spring us? I have no idea. Many mysteries, many unanswerable questions, even in a life as short as yours. My destiny rests in your capable hands. Hey, I'll do my best. Summer. Hey, what more can a guy ask for? 20th Century Fox presents Kurt Russell in John Carpenter's Big Trouble in Little China. It's on the reflexes. The following segment of Forgotten Flicks will contain information so pertinent to the film that, if you have not yet seen it, may ruin your viewing experience. Like when they talk about that one rating character who turns into the incredible... Excuse me! Oh, I'm sorry. Please resume this episode only after you have viewed Big Trouble in Little China, which you can find at Netflix on DVD. And then we could talk about that really cool part where Lopan throws the knife at Jack Burton, and then Jack Burton... Excuse me! 
<sighs> we now return you to Forgotten Flicks, already in progress. Thank you, JV. I always get a little teary-eyed when I hear those. So, Jason, would you like to give us a as short as is humanly possible for you synopsis? <laughs> so I have the next 20 minutes, you're saying? Yeah, the usual Jason timeline. Yes, I would say, Got please it. do a synopsis, Jay, where you interject your opinion throughout the synopsis. <laughs> Isn't that what a synopsis is? I'm pretty sure it's not, but go ahead and do that, because I know the fans love it. Listen, By fans, I don't get paid I mean to be fan. on IMDb, so I give it what I want. So, oh, you, you you do what you feel is right, my friend. <laughs> As you mentioned, this is a John Carpenter joint. Yes, it is. Yes, because it feels like you're smoking one. But um, <laughs> it's this is basically the story of one Jack Burton, a truck driver extraordinaire who, after a night of binge. Chinese beer drinking and playing mahjong wins a whole bunch of money and uh, wins a bet with his buddy Wang. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I'm not going to laugh at that all night. I swear to God. Yeah. Um, and uh, so his buddy says, yeah, yeah, I'll get you the money, but I need to go to the airport right now. Can you, you know, can you wait till later? And Jack of course says, no, you'll pay me now. I'll take you to the airport. Well, doesn't he say it more or less like, hey, Pilgrim? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there's definitely, um, this is definitely a cowboy flick. Yes. Because uh, I've got some elements I want to point out later. But so he, he's kind of got the swagger. He's going to follow Wang to the airport and help him with whatever he needs to do so he can collect his money. That sets in motion a series of events that basically leads Jack down the path of uh, rescuing damsels in distress from sorcerers and demons from ancient China that were imprisoned by the god of the east and the first emperor that united all of the nations of China and entombed a, a ancient evil named Lopan hmm. um, into his demon form. And Jack, uh, sort of unwittingly, but being the hero that he is and unable to let somebody in distress uh, be as such, Helps rescue all of the people that are there, and that's it. <laughs> wow. I'm wow. impressed, Jay. I'm impressed. And, of course, I love the, let's just say, mild hypocrisy on my part, because typically when you're doing a synopsis, I interrupt you 5,642 <laughs> times, maybe 42 and a half. <laughs> 43. Yeah. Okay, we'll round up. Fine. <laughs> Dick. So. But the... <laughs> no. Uh, all right, God, you think I was going to stop talking at that point? Jesus. No, so in the middle of it, he he comes across a whole bunch of odd characters because this is really weird. Um, he he basically Wang is his best buddy, and then he comes across Gracie. A man's Wang is always his best buddy, Jay. This is his best buddy, his Wang Chi. Yeah. Yes. Uh, not to be confused with his Wang Chung. Wang Chung, no, that's completely okay. different. Yes, um, he comes across Kim Cattrall, who was. Uh, the actress best known for, I guess, most recently, it, immense really amounts of plastic surgery. <laughs> oh no! Wait, this is no. This is, this is back when she was cute. Yeah, back, yes, was... back. But this is when she was. Uh, uh, this is, of course, she's best known for Mannequin. Yes. Yes. Well, you you steal my thunder, man. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> she's the hottest mannequin that man has ever known. Um... <laughs> <laughs> you're saying she's wooden? Is that what you're saying? Oh no, I was when she was a mannequin. Um. So. <laughs> oh, ouch! Do you think you um, get a splinter? Boom! Boom! When <laughs> only if the sun comes up right in the middle. 
Uh, oh, so... got it. <laughs> it's stuck. <laughs> Dear God, Hollywood, Hollywood, you okay. gotta help me. <laughs> Wait, never mind. <laughs> Oh, we're going to so do that movie. I love that movie. Oh, yes. We could build this dream together. <laughs> Stand in strong forever. Nothing is going to stop us stop now, up, my friend. Now. No. Oh, no. This world comes down to lovers. We'll so, still have so each other, Jay. <laughs> so the oddly placed Gracie, played by Kim Kudrow, who was uh, most recently known for her roles in Sex in the City, the series, and the box office blast movies. Um, <laughs> you went she, and saw them both, admitted. Opening weekend. Yeah. Well, I do something that night. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, but you know, she plays this character who's sort of a, yeah, I don't know what she was. She was kind of an yeah. attorney, kind of a. Well, her name was uh, Gracie Law, right? Uh, maybe, um, but they don't really say. And you know, they said she was an attorney. Yeah, but why was she there? Well, I, anyway, you're interjecting. <laughs> so, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. That's why these synopses take so long. They do. See, you're interrupting. Have nothing to do with the rabbit holes he goes down. Nope. No, nothing. No. No. <laughs> and so, uh, in the process, Wang's girlfriend from the old country, from Shanghai, or no, actually Peking. She was from Peking. Yep, like the um, duck. Like the duck. Uh, she. He was flying her over. He's been saving his money this whole time. He loves her. She's this beautiful girl with green eyes. Right, so there's the there's the trick. She's this beautiful girl from China with green eyes, and so nothing superficial about that at all. Nothing at all. Uh, so she happens to be the key to the demon Lopan's return uh, from his his I don't know corruptible mortal state. Maybe. Yeah, I guess you could call it's, it that. It's in, what? Yeah, incorporeal. Yeah. He, he basically is cursed to this half-dead form or a ghost. Uh, and the only way out is to please the god of the east, and that is to marry a girl with green eyes, which apparently is very difficult, even though he finds two in, like— Well, here's the know. thing. Didn't you get the vibe like it meant she had to be a girl from China with green eyes? <laughs> then all of a sudden, Grace is like, oh, goody! Two girls! Uh, we'll get to well, that. What, what, huh? We'll get to that. We'll okay. get to that. Yeah. Uh, so Wang's girlfriend is—that's what— causes them to go chase after this demon Lopan is because Wang's girlfriend is taken by Lopan and his thugs uh, and trapped down in his underground city of doom. And they have to go try and rescue her. And in the, the chaos, uh, Gracie gets captured as well. And then they, they have to rescue her too. And um, so it's, it's kind of confusing to give a synopsis without just telling the entire movie for 45 which you, minutes. Which you pretty much did. So good job for you. Good, good job. <laughs> Got it. Don't forget Earth, Wind, and Fire. They were in it, too. They were? Storms. Three storms. Oh, I thought you meant the band. <laughs> yeah, they could have been if yeah. they wore the straw hats, you know. The... Hey, I saw three guys cosplaying those guys at Dragon Con. Did you really? <laughs> I did. That's I did. <laughs> I could not get my camera out fast enough. I'm going to have to look around on YouTube to find it, but I did. I was like... Beside myself. So let me get this straight. Wait, 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 wait. So at your con, you get kick-ass cosplay like guys dressing up from Big Trouble Little China. At ours, everybody's dressed up like a damn fox. (laughs) I am really effing confused right now. Oh, you went to Furry Con? They didn't tell you that? (laughs) Yeah, Furry Con. Oh, it was close. It was close. I'm looking around. I I can't identify any of it. I mean. It was Japanime Con. Let's just say that. Yes. 
like I said. Oh. So you didn't have the girls wearing nothing but duct tape at yours? I hate Jason, you. Jason, I hate you. You lured me into that, and all I got was Furbies or whatever the hell they were. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's my synopsis. Yep, sorry. My rabbit hole. I caused that one. Yeah. Anyway, well, good synopsis, Jason. That was a thing of beauty. Thank you. Yes. And Kurt Russell, I think, was in this movie at some point. Oh, yes. Kurt Russell was, I believe, had a cameo. So did you catch that Kurt Russell, when he was in the brothel, spoiler alert, when he goes into the brothel, the outfit he was wearing, did you recognize it? I mean, he's just kind of like the nerdy white salesman, you know, kind of thing going on there. Uh, definitely was not Snake Plissken. No, it was not Snake, but it was from one of his, it was an actual costume from one of his old movies. Oh, the, the tennis shoe one? Nope. Nope. More, um, more, more, and I use quote fingers very loosely. More recent than that one, because <laughs> that one was the Peter who wore tennis shoes. Yeah, That's he was, when he was a kid. Yeah, he was like fifteen. Yeah, no, this would have been after. This is in the. It's like eighty, I believe, is when that movie, this other movie came out. Oh, the the used cars. Yep, used cars. Yep, that's really yeah. And I rec- and I recognized the out. Like I was like, God, that looks like a fam- that look on him looked familiar, and I couldn't replace it. But then I was like, doing some research, and yeah, that was one of the uh, little trivia bits. Oh. And of course, James- okay. So I got one. Okay. I have one. Okay, go, go, go. This was this was for Kevin because I know you won't get it. At least Kevin's got a shot. Oh. So- that, that sounded God like a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> and I ducked, bitches. <laughs> in the beginning, uh, not the very beginning, but in the beginning when they first like go the into Like the universe or up, of the movie? The beginning of the universe. Okay, go. It's a big bang. I got this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, when they first get into Lopan's uh, Wang. Hideout, right? Yes, his Wang. It's Jack. It's Jack. Oh God! It's Jack and Wang. <laughs> Sorry, Jack. <laughs> I think from now on we're just gonna refer to this movie as Jack and Wang. Oh, uh, I want a shirt that says Jack and Wang. Uh, um, <laughs> no, when they first break in, yes, and they first walk up, they go, they come in, and you know they're they're actual security guards at a security desk with all these monitors, and mm-hmm. they come in and they're like. Oh yeah, we got this. We got we're phone repair guys. We're we're coming in. Where's your main switch? And they just kind of breeze by him. What is that? Now I did not look this up. What is that? An homage to? There's an actual scene from a much older movie that that's exactly it plays into that exact uh, uh, scenario. Define much older. Um, late sixties, early seventies. Yeah, I. This is one of those ones I know, but I cannot put. Yeah, and it seems familiar, but words. I can't place it. What can you give us a genre? Uh, yes, it is in a kung fu. Oh, well, yeah, you're right. J- Kevin will get this before me. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's not uh, Fist of Fury or one of those. It is Bruce Lee to break into nice the bad guess, guy's Kevin. hideout. <laughs> he put on. He actually put on the same glasses that, that Jack Burton had on when he went to the brothel. Those kind of Coke bottle, yeah. black and cat glasses. He played a repairman to get into the bad well, that, guy's hideout. To be, to be fair, that shtick has been done in other movies too. No, no, as a, he was a telephone guy. He was a phone repairman. And this whole movie was full of very famous you're kung right, fu. You're right. You're right. That that is such an uh, such a like a uh, out there concept. Name another one. Name another <laughs> one. Come on. Pull it out of your ear. Let's go. Um, 
in in Die Hard in Die Hard when they walk into Nakatomi Plaza, they're like ch- shooting the breeze and you know, uh, trying to throw the guys off, and then of course they plug the guy, but close. No, but there were a lot of very famous kung fu uh, uh, actors who were in a lot of movies from the sixties and seventies in this film. Yeah, and so it was a nice little kind of play, I thought, on John Carpenter's ooh, ooh, part. Oh, Jason, I got another one. <laughs> What do, can you name? What not so distant movie we covered, perhaps with Mister Bachelder, that has a connection to this movie? Ding, ding, oh. ding, 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 ding. Wait, let me check. Uh, forgotten. We have almost 80 episodes. Are you really going to go through all of them? <laughs> Are you talking um, about a, uh, a through Bonsai? Yes. Connection? Yes, I am. Yes. I think Kevin knows yep. the answer. What is it? I don't know the connection between them. I know we did, know we did Buckaroo Bonsai, but I don't know the connection. Oh, we also did Escape from New York. So there's that John Carpenter oh, connection. But, yeah, Russell, Carpenter. But, but that's not actually the connection I'm talking about. John Carpenter, Escape from New York. Wait, wait no, no, not that one. The other one. He, what, what, what is the connection, Kev? Can you tell Mr. Jason? Yes, it is the gentleman who produced and directed Buckaroo Banzai, but did the screenplay adaption here? Yes. Yes. Really? W.D. Richter actually wrote both of them. Yeah, well, I think they have him on this as like, I, I think he may have done like script doctoring. More yeah, than, yeah, I think he's got like third tier credit, but in reality, he's probably the reason why some of those better lines are in there. Uh, and of course, one of my favorite, perhaps favorite trivia excerpts ever from IMDb, just for the way it was written. And I'm going to read it verbatim, okay? <laughs> <clears throat> we all know IMDb is never wrong. Go never. ahead. Never. <clears throat> no, this seat is correct. However, it's just the way it's written. You'll see. Or here, as the case may be. In the wedding scene where Lo Pan is putting the needle of love in Mao Yin, James Hong actually <laughs> jabbed Susie Pai too hard. You can even see her jump as he puts it in her. <laughs> <laughs> really? Really? The you can pull out that whole line without saying Wang once, okay? Oh my God. <laughs> Between Jack and Wang and Lopan putting the needle of love in Mao Yin, you can even see her jump as he puts it in her. I bet. <laughs> Although if it's more like a needle, really? Is that going to... Well, okay. And, and I, I need to correct you for a second. Oh, please do, Jason. Please do. Because I never do this, so allow me this one. Oh, this I will one. allow it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the judges say yes. Go ahead. Okay, thank you. Um, it's not Mao Yin. It's meow, Yin. Oh, my God. Actually, you ready for what's hilarious? Every time I heard her name, I kept wanting to go, meow, 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 meow. But to add just another another level to that, and of course now I can't find the damn thing. Oh, wait, here it is. Meow, Yin. His name was Meow, because he said it several times, so like, Where's meow? Meow Yin roughly translates to, according to IMDb, which everybody knows, this thing is better than Babblefish or Google Translate. It translates to 
cat-like. <laughs> Which seems a bit too on the nose. But according to this... I don't know. It's Carpenter. I don't know. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> He's always known for his subtlety. <laughs> yes, meow, mew, mew. I think one of her... Uh, one one of the names they were thinking they were tossing around was Mister Whiskers or <laughs> and, oh, little, little Kitty Paws. And, and according was... and again according to IMDb, the font of all that is good and true. The Chinese characters in the main title, and personally, I think this is what the movie should have been called. I think this is a much... oh, I agree. I saw this. I saw this. <laughs> Evil spirits make a big scene in little spiritual state. <laughs> wow. That must have been the foreign distribution title. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> you know this came out in China. You know. <laughs> yeah. So I guess this is what it boils down to, gentlemen. Let's start with Kevin, since you know he hasn't gotten a word in edgewise, which he should be used to by now, after having been on a couple shows with us. Kevin, having rewatched this movie, I'm assuming for what? Maybe the, just a hair over a thousandth time? <laughs> oh, po- possibly in parts, yes. Yes. How do you feel? What, what what do you take away from it? Um, how, how does it hold up for you? Uh, do you find that Kim Cattrall annoys you as much as she did in Mannequin? Less? More? Oh, you know, you know. Tell me. Oh, oh I no, I kind of found her very attractive in this movie. Yeah, she I, is. I, I she's cute. Know, yeah. You know the character, and and also at this point in her career, I certainly you know. I mean, it's not quite Mannequin. She's not quite Porky's, but that's okay. She's still, you know, looking pretty mm-hmm. good here. No, I. This holds up for me incredibly well um, because it's such a romp. The only thing that I do notice more in the last few years is how horrible this, the synthesizer soundtrack is in some parts. You know? Wait, can I just say one thing to that, Kevin? Can I say one thing to it? You go to hell. You go to hell and you die. Are you serious? Almost. Wait, Kevin. Almost as bad if as you Assault it, on you Precinct son 13? Of a bitch. Son of a bitch must pay. <laughs> you both go to hell. You go to hell and you die. Hey, I mean, it's no lady hey Mr. Hawk, Hat. No, hey, Mr. No. Hat. <laughs> they like Lady Hawk, Mr. Hat. Oh, my God. Oh, just at some points. It's just, it's so heavy. It's so 80s reminds me. I mean, I know it's an 80s movie. I, I first saw it then. Yes, I'm that old. I saw it in the cinemas, but. Yeah, that kind of dates it quite a bit. But that's the only thing. Otherwise, this is just pure gold. I mean, I, I love, in a in a very manly way, Jack Burton. He's just oh so Oh, my God, he's fantastic. Fun. Yes. Yes, yeah. and of course, I, I guess it could, as long as you don't hate on the mullets, that's really going to be. <laughs> so, Jason, what did you feel after watching this for, like, the first time? It wasn't the first. It was not the first. I, I have seen this before. Um I really shouldn't do this with a guest on. Uh, <laughs> I will reach to this goddamn microphone. <laughs> I can't lie to you. You I, know I can't lie to you. I will grab your whisker-strewn chin. <laughs> I I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I will but take I my this. ball sack <laughs> and smack with you across the face. British style. You know, like how they do with the glove and the whoosh, you know, that kind of thing? And Maggie's like, what the hell? 
<laughs> I just heard Maggie from the future going, no, no. Uh, eating, eating her lunch and then spewing it out, much like she did during our fly episode. Uh, no, no, it's in it's in Prince William style. <laughs> oh, I get you. Ah, oh, it was a Harry. Uh, Wasn't it Prince Harry? Uh, that uh, the Harry. Yeah, Harry. <laughs> Which Harry. is apropos. <laughs> you know what I'm Jack, saying? Wang and Harry. <laughs> yep. Anyway, what were you going to say, Jay? I'm sorry, were you interrupted? <sighs> I don't remember what I was going to say. Good. Now, okay, so. so moving on. So Kevin, you loved it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yes. Two big thumbs up. Okay, you ready? Sit down. I'm not sitting down. I'm standing in a closet for the love of God. <laughs> Podcasting secrets revealed. <laughs> I, I mean, a booth. I, I'm in a booth. Kurt Russell. Yes. Uh, is, I think, the coolest actor ever seen in any movie. Mm-hmm. If you add a butt to this, I'm still coming through the damn phone or the whatever <laughs> the hell, the Skype. The... And this is my favorite of his. So Okay. <laughs> No, I take that back. The thing is still my favorite. Yeah, but I freaking love this movie. What and about Kurt Escape? Russell, what about Escape from New York, though? I love Kurt. I, I love all of them. Captain and Ron. I even, yeah, I love Captain Ron. I love Captain do. Ron, especially the machete throwing scene where he teaches the kid to throw it underhand. I've never instead seen. Of I've never seen Captain Ron. Oh, it's I awesome, know, and Martin Short's funny too. No, I never did. I love him. I love him in this movie. I love this movie, but I gotta say, if he wasn't in it. This thing probably would have dropped flat on his face, but he was absolutely fantastic. The movie was good. <laughs> so, are you ready for me to drop the bomb? <laughs> because I, you know, made the point to set it up with the whole. Oh, I'm gonna kick. Oh, I'm gonna come to the phone. Ha ha. Uh, yeah, yeah. I heard you say it. Mm. Yeah. So you ready? Yeah. Honestly. Fanboy. <laughs> no, I'm being serious. Honestly. Yeah. Meh. Really? Mm. You just just meh. Now, now, compared to Bakuru Banzai, because I think the films are very similar, and we talked about this, and I often get them confused in my mind. <laughs> I can't mind. even keep doing it, dude. I'm taking. I was biting my lip to the point where it was bleeding. <laughs> I'm so full of. <laughs> oh, dude, you can't. Lie. I just wanted you to. He- I just wanted to hear you go. And like your 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 testicles to actually get sucked up into your abdominal cavity for you to achieve. Oh, and you that. hate John Carpenter too. That's right. I forgot. And I what? You hate John Carpenter. I forgot about that. Yeah. 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 I already said the whole. Send you go to hell mail. or you die. Right? Did I already say that? Um, no, I believe if you go back to episode whatever the hell it was, Assault of Precinct Thirteen, we proved who the true John Carpenter fan is. L douchey pants. Um, yes, me because I could tell him the truth. Oh my god! You just suck up to him. Because and he comes I over, I'm telling him. Love him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I really dig this movie a lot. It, it, it was very much the whole Buckaroo Bonsai vibe. I've determined my favorite genre of movie is a movie that has no real genre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a, a movie that, that sort of blends them all together. But that is such a hard balancing act because, as Jason pointed out very properly, without Kurt Russell, I don't know. Because I don't know if you read the original, well, again, one of the trivia bits, up originally for the part was either Jack Nicholson or Clint Eastwood? Eh. Uh, no, no. Because the problem is, is they would have played it too straight. Well, I think Jack Nicholson would have played it all crazy, which I can't even see him as Jack Burton. That just doesn't even fit. Clint Eastwood I could see as the tough, western-y kind of guy, but he would have played it too straight. So Yeah, with, too serious. 
you know, some reason Kurt Russell is able to hit that perfect note of you believe the character. The character is real. He plays all the emotions of the character very straight, but he's funny as hell and he's goofy and he just plays it perfect. Yeah. No, he is awesome. He is absolutely fantastic in this. Um, his character, you you pointed out earlier, he's sort of the John Wayne, um, but with a little bit of, of comedy to him and, and the way that he plays it. But he, he never cracks a smile. He never kind of drops down that front and he acts it out. It's funny to us and kind of hilarious in a way that his lines and his script that he the way he reads it even um, it, it, it's just perfect timing wise. But he never breaks through that. He knows he's ridiculous or goofy yeah, and that's not aware that he's in a movie exactly if it was right. made today he would yeah, be aware right. of it he'd be winking at the audience ha ha exactly. ha it wouldn't and work it wouldn't be as funny no it wouldn't it would be stupid there's no self-awareness to it nope. and and i love the way he plays it and god help me that's the coolest shirt ever made <laughs> I, I was actually gonna say i really want one of those <laughs> so do I. or the pork chop express yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but while we're talking wardrobe, what was up with those moccasin things? Oh, I, oh my God. I thought, you know what? My mom had a pair of those. <laughs> I'm serious. My mom, she was like, yeah, those hippie type and, and totally had a pair of those. <laughs> and I was thinking, why is he wearing like chick boots? And worse for me, no, my mom's no, I, boots. I, was, I don't get I it. I was in the 80s. Okay. I, I was not a kid in the 80s and I don't remember those at all. Well, Jason was like a, a you know, not quite senior citizen status in the 80s, but he was, you know, pushing it. <laughs> You you guys are missing something here. Yeah. He actually started the whole UGG revolution. Those are Uggs. <laughs> yeah, that's a stretch. No, those are really bad. <laughs> uh, hey, Women any boots that hold boots. a knife? Any boots that hold a knife like that are cool. So Well, I will say it is to speak to Kurt Russell's capabilities that A, he made the mullet cool, B, he made the muscle shirt cool, and C, he made those damn moccasin boots cool. Yeah. But but I do want to point something else out about the wardrobe because when when we start the movie he's he's a I mean we int- introduced to him as just a trucker he's got a Harley Davidson trucker cap on yeah he's got this weird kind of pullover poncho type thing on jeans and his you know you can't really see his boots in the opening scenes he just comes across as kind of a drunk trucker yeah because even when he even when he first um, goes up to Gracie in the airport yeah he's like oh. You ought to stand. You ought to stand downwind of yourself. It's Miller time. So he just kind of comes across. But when he starts getting out of his truck and crawling away and escaping from when the real shit starts happening, yeah. and he takes that poncho off and his hat off, suddenly it's like it's like Superman. Well, and, <laughs> he's in he's in his costume. And well, what's funny is, is did you, I, I don't know if you got a chance to listen to the commentary or anything like that, but Carpenter and Caruso were talking about the fact a, a joke that nobody got. Is that Jack Burton is not the he- he's really not the hero he's the sidekick because other than killing Lopan at the end and oh, yeah, one time saying the that Wang is totally the hero yeah. and they did that on purpose <laughs> they said they wanted to have it where it flipped and the guy you assumed was the hero kind of comes and he thinks he's the hero but he's in fact not he's the sidekick well he does it several times he you know when he actually loses his knife and he runs over to get it and oh, he comes out that. and Wang's already kicked all the guy's asses and. Um, then he shoots up and oh, drops the box on his head. I love it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Knocks him out. Yeah. <laughs> Although, uh. And I love the exchange between uh, Kurt Russell and Lo, uh, Lopan, uh, played by James Hong, who has like 317 credits on friggin' IMDb. I think he's been in every TV show since the early 80s, including Manimal. I mean, he was in 
Blade Runner. He was in like everything. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. But that whole when uh, when Lopan is the crinkled up old man, which is an amazing, amazing uh, special effects uh, makeup. Yeah, uh, just about the exchange back and forth where Kurt Russell, even all the stuff he's seen, he's still mocking him as if he's yeah. just this crazy old guy. And yep. I, I love I love that back and forth between the two of them. That was fantastic, especially as Wang was sitting there and he was kind of in reverence of Lopin. He was afraid and he knew what he really was. And Kurt Russell's, you know, Jack Burton's like, I don't give a crap. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, the, 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 the mental asylum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, James Hong also, I mean, he's got a lot of credits. He was in um, Mulan. He played the, the Shifu. He was the guy that was the secretary to the emperor. Oh, okay. He was kind of the jerk. Yeah. Um, yeah, you got kids. I know you've seen it. Yes, yes. Actually, but I saw it way before I had kids. So what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Not Little Mermaid. Mulan. Oh, oh okay. Never mind. <laughs> Now, one thing kind of related to that that I found interesting talking about some of the cast here was um, also Victor Wong, who's yes, playing, yeah. you know, Egg Chen. Yes. Yeah. Now, you guys just covered him on Tremors not too long yep. ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah. very recognizable face, certainly to me. Yes. But I was amazed looking at James Hong, like you mentioned, over 300 credits. Did you look how many Victor Wong has? No, I didn't. Yeah, it's not that many. No, 37. That's yeah. it? That's it. Was he in the, was I couldn't he, believe that. Was he in The Golden Child? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yes. He's a golden child. He was also in. Um, I don't know if you've seen this. The Three Ninjas, where it was yeah. the kids. Wow. The well, what about the Three Ninjas kick back? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How about Three Ninjas High Noon at Mega Mountain? Okay, checkmate. You win. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm not going down that road. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I saw him and, you know, one of the things I thought too, is I looked him up, I'm like, oh God, I recognize him. I've seen him in a lot of stuff yeah. and I looked him up and I'm like, I, I thought he was in more. I mean, yeah. he's, just, he's just had several really memorable ones. So at least yeah. for me, it's like, I yeah. thought I'd seen him in a heck of a lot more. Yeah. Um, I love seven years in Tibet with Brad Pitt. I mean, mm. that was a fantastic film. He was in that. And then the last emperor from 1987 was, was, uh, he was in that one as well, which I love. Now talking about another, uh, cast and, and connection uh do you guys recognize the connection to the x files ding 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 ding, ding. <sighs> let me think the connection to the sex file oh you said x files i was thinking of that other movie <laughs> x files well jillian anderson wasn't in it david Cuffin. although i did see her at dragon con this past week really oh, that's cool lovely lovely lady did you actually like the second x files movie dude I hated it. No, it was horrible. I couldn't fit it. Do you know how few and Jason has like a mental condition where he literally can't fit, you has to finish a movie. <laughs> and while I can pause the movie and come back to it if I have to because you know when you got little kids you got to do what you got to do. But X-Files I and I and I loved the first one. I I loved the series. I even watched that damn series past when Duchovny left. God, it was horrible. But <laughs> that being said, that second movie was so damn yeah. bad. It, oh, yeah, oh. I railed on that thing so bad. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. I mean, I was such a fan back in the 90s. I was so excited when they did a second movie, and then they put that turd out, and I yeah. was just like, oh. And see, I have a feeling, Kevin, but, you like much like me, you were a fan that actually started watching it first season, right? You were oh, one of these for, people like, I was, oh, oh, the X-Files is so cool. Before DVRs, before yes. even I had a VCR, yes. Friday it, night. Yep, you know? it, was, it was like Fox uh, 13 locally. It was, yeah, Friday, boom. And I was in high school. Oh. Proving yet again that I didn't have a life in high school, but uh, well, I was well past high school and I had no life. Yeah, well, so you could make the argument, ah, it's, you know, getting home late from work. I was in high school, and uh, yeah. 
Joe, I want to go to a party. No, the X-Files is on. Screw <laughs> you guys. So, yes, I did not what catch the connection since we have completely derailed <laughs> <laughs> your trivia. Yes. The connection was the uh, the actor in the X Files played, if you recall, season one, Deep Throat. Oh yes, I love that movie. Oh wait, no, no, not the uh, movie. Oh, oh my bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, at the beginning, he was at the beginning. Yes, he was Egg's lawyer there. At the yes, and beginning. a scene that was absolutely a complete waste of space. Yeah, you know. Yeah, well, not totally. I mean, it's I it's hated a good that set scene. Of folks. I hated no, that well, scene. <laughs> Here's I, what I, it. Here's what I think about that scene. Anytime you set up a movie to start like it's the ending and you're reminiscing or digging back into the past, which is the way this movie starts. Which we know Egg Shin survived. Yes. So it's Egg who's, you know, he's not a, he is a primary character, but he, he's one that you can accept. It's not going to ruin the story that in the beginning, you know, he's going to live to the end because he's telling the story. Anytime you present something like that in a story, uh, you know, be it a book in written form or in, in a movie like this, you you have to cap it back at the end and end it sort of like they're back in that office. Yeah, it's a, it's a book. It's a story sort of like happens in like the Princess Bride, right? Uh-huh. When it started with him reading the book, it goes through the movie, which yep. is the book being read, and then it ends with the book being collapsed. They never ended with that. Well, you, you know why? Do, do, you know, you, do you guys know the backstory of why that scene's even in there? Because it's not supposed to be. The original screenplay, no. which the whole the original script was a Western that took place in like the 1880s, and Jack's horse, uh, Jack's c- truck was a horse that got stolen. And that's why they brought W.D. Richter in to make it more modern and kind of do this buckaroo bonsai thing to it. So it was supposed to be a Western. That's why it feels like a Western. Well, that original scene was put in there by the freaking head of 20th Century Fox. He demanded it because to him, the movie started with Jack and the truck. So Jason, to your point, started with Jack and the truck talking on the CB, just like it ends. Right. That's the original structure. That's the bookend. That's That's, what's supposed to happen. And that's the original structure. That scene at the beginning is in fact a prologue stuck on there because I believe it was Barry Diller, whoever was the head of 20th Century Fox at the time, demanded it because, in his words, Jack Burton didn't seem heroic enough. And there you have it, folks, Hollywood at its finest. Yeah, because the whole thing at the end, or at the beginning when the attorney was saying, where is Jack Burton? And Egg's like, you leave Jack Burton alone. He's a hero. Yeah. And so you're expecting that in the end Uh he disappears into the netherverse no, he just drives off in his truck. Well, with a giant monster. With a monster. With rawhead Rex uh, in, in the back ready to crawl out and eat um, his ass. Yeah. It was oh, Bigfoot. spoiler alert. Bigfoot. <laughs> it was rawhead Rex. Did you ever see rawhead Rex? No. It's based on a Clyde Barker story. Totally look it up, man. You'll love it, Jason. Kevin, you'll probably love it, too. Just trust Most me. Likely, yeah. it, looked like the, it looked like the character from Messing with Sasquatch, the beef jerky commercial. That's <laughs> Yes, it was Sasquatch. I love it. That's a good one. Yeah, that, that is a good one. That is a good one. Oh, and I wanted, yeah. I wanted to make mention that the makeup was done by Steve Johnson. He was one of the main makeup guys. I, I love his his stuff. He's done a lot of stuff going back to like American Warfare in London and Videodrome, and he's done a whole bunch of, you know, like Night of the Demons and Nightmare on Elm Street 4 and a bunch of yeah. Howling 2, Your Sister is a Werewolf. I'm not kidding. <laughs> That's actually the subtitle of Howling 2. <laughs> Have you ever seen the Howling sequels? <laughs> Rabbit Trail. No. No. None of them? None. Really? No, nope, just the Howling. I see. I've seen, obviously, the Howling. 
Howling 2, yeah. I could never, uh, it's like I tried, I tried. It's just, it's one of those movies you'll start to watch and you, you're sitting there and you literally would just start to zone out. You know, Howling 3, I believe was the marsupials where it takes place in Australia and it was just god awful. Howling 4, I don't really remember. Howling 5, I think, takes place in Romania in a castle. And I just remember lots of beheadings. Howling 6, I actually like. Howling 6, The Freaks, because it takes place like a sideshow carnival kind of thing. Howling 7, I don't recall at all. I probably blacked out at that point. I <laughs> don't remember if we got to Howling 8 or if I'm thinking of Police Academy 8 now. Are there really seven or eight really maybe, Howling? Yeah, I believe so. There's at least seven. I didn't even know there were... Three. I thought it was just like oh, one no. and two. Oh yeah, they're god awful. Four, but as far as I remember. So oh yeah, Jason. Wild. Jason, you've got to see these movies. These are Jason <laughs> Grooms deep fried cheese to the nth degree. I might have to do a howling special. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Wow. You know what's funny is watching Big Trouble in Little China. Where it's amazing to me. I mean, we talk about John Carpenter a lot, especially on this show. I mean, because we love him. We do. I mean, he's a fantastic director. He's a great visionary. He's done some incredible films. Music, what? And yeah, and music too. I mean, he, I mean, it's it's definitely we feel like it's dated, but um, it, it's it's incredible stuff. And so I'm a big fan of his. But this feels so different than a lot of the stuff that I'm a big fan of his because it's not the serious nature that you expect. I mean, a lot of the stuff he's done is. I mean, even when we talk about like Escape from New York, which it's kind of campy. Oh, but it's not yeah, that's serious. That's serious. So that's, that's it is. nihilistic it, and dark. Right. You know, and even like something like they live. I was going to say or, they live to me would be the closest. It's close, but it's not the full on like this was this was pratfall funny. I mean, there were definitely some there were even yeah, some sound like effects from yeah. Looney Tunes in this. Yeah. I mean, so it was almost like it was almost like uh, like Joe Dante or somebody, you know, like you did Gremlins and yeah, uh, yeah. Space. Oh, yeah, like it's like yeah. a movie he would have made potentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, that. it's different, but it's it's fantastic just by itself. I mean, even if it wasn't a John Carpenter, just the uh, the fact that the movie was just acted out well, written well, it was it was not too serious on its uh, taken by its um, by itself. But it was it wasn't a typical Carpenter, but to his credit, it was still fantastic um, the way it played out. So um, it was it was definitely interesting. And then the special effects were great, especially. Like you had Thunder, which Kevin, I wanted to ask you this. There was the three guys, the three storms, right? The martial arts guys. And they were Thunder, Lightning, and Rain, right? Mm-hmm. Rain and Thunder really didn't have any powers, except Thunder, when he gets mad, blows himself up and dies. <laughs> yep. So yep. Um, Rain Exploding didn't really have anything yep. uh, except uh, uh, swords, but no rain. And Lightning actually had lightning powers yes mm-hmm. so what did the other guys have i mean why was he the only guy with power well they all had they appeared to have uh, you know super strength kind of stuff too though well he was the only guy with power because he's the only one they charged it up before shoot. <laughs> <laughs> but i mean didn't you expect like thunder to have some kind of like sonic boom than he did and you know rain had some kind of m- magic to do with great if he had gas it was just like he comes around, <laughs> everybody just falls over. <laughs> yes, feel my thunder. Well, I thought I always thought of the Mori as the ceremonial guards and such. They don't necessarily have to be have like special powers as they have real prestige and stuff. You know, that's yeah. kind of how I always saw them. And I, w- I do want to point out one other thing. And I would actually, I, I would probably walk directly out of my booth. 
I mean my closet and jump <laughs> off a cliff, which there are tons where I live. Tons <laughs> of cliffs. And in fact, I'm sure there's people listening that go, God, please do. <laughs> yes. Jump now. <laughs> please, we'll help you. We'll make it look like an accident. Yeah, Dean Kundi, who is the director of photography of this movie. Awesome. One of my favorite DPs ever. There's something about Carpenter's movies going all the way back to Halloween. I love, And then, of course, he stopped doing it. I don't know when, like... I think what was the first movie where he stopped using like like the Panavision that wide screen just beautifully framed cinematography that he was sort of known for probably about the time he stopped using Dean Dean Kundi that's about when in the 90s (laughs) Uh, because Dean Kundi actually was I believe his first job where he got the title director of photography Halloween 1978 and here's a few other titles you might have heard of the original The Fog Escape from New York he did Halloween 2, The Thing, Halloween 3. He uh, did Psycho 2. He did DC Cav. He did Romancing the Stone. He did Back to the Future. He did Big Trouble in Little China, China obviously. Project X, if you remember uh, remember that one. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, just a crap ton. Uh, Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah, I was Apollo 13. Yeah, a little movie. Yeah, yeah a little <laughs> movie you might have heard of. A little indie film. You know, so Apollo 13. Of course, our favorite here on the show, Casper. So, <laughs> yeah, back to the future. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, so and his his style has a real. There's a it's a certain look that really, if you if you go and watch all those movies, there is a you know he uses lens flare, and unlike J.J. Abrams, who apparently has a massive hard on for lens flare, a la Super Eight. My God, <laughs> am I the only person that drove crazy in Super Eight? Seriously. It was like every time there was a freaking shot with a light in the background. Lens flare, lens flare. It was less annoying in Star Trek. But for the love of God, did anybody else see Super 8 or am I the only one here? Hello? Um, the answer no, no. question is, uh, yes, it's just you. Okay. <laughs> My point being, when Dean Kundi uses it, it looks great and awesome. And that's all there is to it. But, yeah, he was the DP in this movie. Fantastic. Great Very stuff. Good. There were a couple other big names in this that uh, are very recognizable faces that may not be big names that people recognize. But um, the guy that played the hatchet man in this, Al Leung. Oh, yeah. He was also in Die Hard. Yep. Uh, he was also in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. He played Genghis Khan. Yeah. He always has that like Fu Manchu mustache. Always yeah, has that same, that mustache, same look. Beard, yeah. Yep. Long hair. Yep. Um, great at martial arts kind Nail of thing. pattern so. baldness. Yeah, <laughs> I know I'm not one to Yells, talk. I, I say because I can relate. <laughs> uh, he was in Knight Rider, you know, because that's that's got to be honest. That's what that's me. what everybody knows him from. Was Knight Rider? Because <laughs> when you fight the Hoff, that makes your career. <laughs> that's right, indeed. Every time. Although I do want to add one thing, because <clears throat> wasn't he in that fight when they have the two sort of battling clans that are going against each other in the alley? In the beginning, yes. yeah. Okay. Yes. Am I mistaken, or did out of absolutely nowhere? Now these are two, you know, people. Everybody in those those clans, I'm assuming, are supposed to be from these. You know, the, I don't know if they're all, uh, you know, originally born in China, but they're definitely supposed to be of Chinese descent. I swear yeah, to God, said they've been fighting for years. Yes, I swear to God. Randomly, out of nowhere, I saw this fat white guy. <laughs> Am I the only one that caught that? And I'm not talking about like he looked like you could. Okay, maybe he'll. No, I mean like it looked like some guy had rolled out of his ca- couch to the extra office. They're like, we need an extra. Just just go in there. It'll be a quick cut. They won't notice. 
<laughs> so I have a couple questions. Uh, we could throw this in Kevin's lap and let it burn him. Kevin. <laughs> speaking of which, by the way, one of the greatest lines ever, and I mean not just in this movie, but ever, keep the home fires burning. And if we're not back by Don, call the president. Call the president. Uh, I love that. Oh, it's great. Now, is this not one of the most quotable oh, movies ever? Hey, dude. Yes. Oh, my God. I mean, ever. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> I, mean, I was quoting, I was quoting Jack for ten years. Oh. I mean, it's just fantastic. Every Jack time Burton says, "What yep. the hell?" Yep. What? Sit what? around Speaking and several beers get way too drunk, and that's what you're doing is going to start quoting Jack. <laughs> Aunt you Jack, crazy? Or you'll start Jack and Wang. <laughs> Jack and Wang with a little Harry. <laughs> so here's my question: Who the hell was Jack talking to during his CB musings? Everybody like, else was listening everybody. to that station. He was like, was that like everybody his talk that, radio show? Channel. Is he like so desperate to like... Yeah. like oh, he was a podcaster. Hey, I, Jack was one of the first podcasters. <laughs> he was a truck caster. A truck caster. Truck <laughs> Did you I guys mean, ever have a CB radio? Yeah. My, I, yeah. Remember when that was like the cool... Uh, well, I didn't, but my dad did. I mean, we used to take family trips like cross country and he had a CB in there and I would just listen to all these what I thought were crazy people. It turned out they were all talking. serial killers. <laughs> yes. They might have been. Drivers. <laughs> might have been but yeah they just talked you know infinitely yeah, yeah my grandfather was a uh, was a truck driver for like 40 years and we had a cb radio at his house and i'd go on rides with him and stuff and there are some people that just monologue i mean it's just <laughs> it's their way yeah they're bored and they just talk to somebody so. I, re- I remember uh, my best friends when i was a kid they were twins and they had a cb radio we would sit in their kitchen this, this, this is <laughs> where our kids were before your interwebs. We had CB. Or television. Or telly. <laughs> or the telly. We had CB and ham radio. <laughs> yes, th- we would sit there and we would like try to bust truckers' balls, which is really smart, by the way. Yes, it is. Yeah. You're lucky really... they didn't have GPS in your signal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at, at that point, I had not seen Duel. The movie Joyride had not come out yet. so yeah we would sit there and we would you know just obviously try to pass ourselves off as you know 40 year old truckers when we're like 12 (sighs) i was a dude you were the first trolls (laughs) you really were we were we were trolls we were the cb equivalent for the (laughs) we were to cb and truck drivers as a troll is to Internet forums and comments strings in in blogs. Yes, that's exactly what we were. Oh, I blame they you. Say, yeah, they say you want a trendsetter. Oh, boy. Uh, you know, exactly. <laughs> now, my only other question about this movie. Let's see if either of you can figure this one out. All right. Okay. Go into the back, which obviously there was supposed to be some kind of like, you know, slavery with you know, women slave trade thing going on. Yeah, human, human trafficking Human kind trafficking of thing, yeah. kind of thing. They go and release all the women. And there were quite a few. By the time they get through the sewer, by the time they get up to the little area where Jack, you know, throws the knife, it comes back and Wang has kicked everybody's ass, all that stuff. They go from like 30 or 40 women to like five. What the hell <laughs> happened to all the women? Did they just like die off? Behind? They were taking all the bullets and like using, they were using them as a shield. That was my theory. <laughs> They were hiding. He said, "Hide, everybody, hide!" And like, the so they're so to this day, they could still be hiding in that warehouse. We don't know. Yeah, they are. E- either that or the creature got them. Well, I, that's probably a safe bet. I just curious. I didn't know. And uh, the last thing, whenever a character goes underwater, 
and has to find their way out? Am I the only one who holds their breath till they almost pass out to see if I could make it? (laughs) 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 Well, I didn't time it, but I know what you mean. Have Uh, have you ever done that? Like where um, a character's underwater and you're like, (gasps) yes, you're like, there's no way. There's no way. You You know where I did it? The movie that I did it the most at? The Poseidon Adventure. <laughs> Gene Hackman. Yes. You know that scene where the woman dies because she couldn't hold her breath that whole way and it was like yeah. a heart attack or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. I held him like, God, that wasn't that hard. <laughs> <laughs> was that was that Rosemary Clooney? Is that uh, who? I don't remember who it was. Yeah. I just remember Gene Hackman and uh, Shelly Winters or something. Oh, yeah, Shelly Winters. 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 You're right. You're right. You're yeah, right. Shelly Winters. Yeah. No, the, uh, the, the thing about the breath holding scene was when – She's in that one piece of the culvert, and she starts pulling everybody up. Uh, where's Eddie? Uh, where's Jack? Yeah, they're, they're out of order. Well, do you remember that when they were doing that? Okay, yeah. the whole way they're all swimming underwater. There's room to breathe. Well, and more to the like point, they're going through put- a tube. There's half air, half water, and they all come up like. Ooh. Well, she outswam. Here's the other thing. It's like a tube. It's like uh, what a foot and a half wide. How did she get ahead of all of them? She jumped in oh, after yeah. them. She was not the first one in. No. <laughs> no. Jack jumped ahead of her, so how come Jack is so far behind her? Um, you know what, guys? This is ruined for me now. I, I... Really? Do you have to ask that? Why was he Oh, no. <laughs> okay, sorry about that. <laughs> Get a mannequin's rear end? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> okay. Touche, my friend. Touche. So, gentlemen, <laughs> would you like to share your movie? Oh, by the way, uh, Kevin, hopefully you, uh, you you thought of a movie. You have pick. to make a movie pick. Yeah. Surprise. <laughs> Yeah, see now. Now, usually we 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 discuss ahead of time what year it's from to avoid crossovers, but but we're we're, oh, this we're going life on the edge. Yes, tonight, right? that's much like we set up our schedule. Yes, yes, I thought so. <laughs> I think we're safe on this at least from my end. So okay, here we go. Ready? Maybe. Okay, why aren't you playing, you bastard? <laughs> Come on, play. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yippee! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, wow, that sounded so authentic. I, you know, very authentic. Kevin, what is your budget. movie I'm pick? I'm sorry, go ahead. It, it, and if it's one of ours, we're just going to pretend you did. I'm just going to edit this part out. Go ahead. Oh, okay. That's a good plan. Well, yeah. this is a movie. Um, I, I'm guessing Jason might have seen it. I would be very surprised if Joel has. Oh, what the hell is that supposed to mean? Just kidding. Uh, we like movies. You suck. Oh. <laughs> Oh, I can't wait to talk uh, to the... Spooky Flicks Fest this year, Jay. I'm going to just mock you the whole time. Oh, what's wrong, Jason? Have you ever seen a real horror movie? <laughs> <laughs> and my connection is actually someone you mentioned earlier, Joel. Okay. The DP, Dean Cundy. Yes. I'm going 1980. Okay. Galaxina. Not only have I seen it, Kevin, I own the poster. Yes. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm, to- no. I'm, to- I'm, to- I'm totally full of shit. I'm t- oh, you bastard. Because <laughs> uh, it is a fine poster, my friend. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> but you can't say the same thing about the movie itself. Uh, well, I don't know. It depends on your taste. I kind of well, like deep fried mozzarella. So. Deep fried, yeah, deep fried. You like it, and you know, fans of certainly Dorothy Stratton would. But uh, you know, movie, movie the co-stars Avery Schreiber. You know, yeah. So tell us about this this motion picture of which you speaketh. Oh my goodness! Um, how? <laughs> Where do I start? That good, huh? Um, cheesy, set in space. Um, I, 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 Corman-esque. 
Uh, okay. Uh, Jason, get help me out here. <laughs> you you have the great synopses. Give give, police, give give him a good one. You know, space police. Uh, yes. They're going for this crystal thing and the um, female <laughs> android, which none of us own in person. Okay. So much <laughs> like the movie Mannequin. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, only Dorothy was you know a playmate of the year kind of thing. So. Excellent. Make you watch I would. Movie. I would say excellent pick, but I think based on the setup, we know. We all know I'd be lying. So, thank you for that pick, Kevin. Come on now, it's it's got it's up to a three point oh on IMDb. Nice. Well, it's okay. A lot of the movies that I like, I'll go on IMDb and they'll be like a two, and ones I hate, they're like a nine. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. So, Jason, your pick. All right, I. As I mentioned earlier, being a big fan of the kung fu movies, of course, um, recognized. A couple of big names in this, and maybe not names that you would recognize, but names that are very well known in the martial arts genre, especially 60s, 70s. I chose, the connection I chose was uh, the guy who played Thunder, who I made fun of for having crappy powers because all he did was <laughs> blow himself. Oh, sorry. Um, it was Carter Wong, and he actually has been in a ton of movies, and he is one of those actors that puts in, I mean, especially during the time period, and this is not snooty, they, they made a a shit ton of movies. I mean, especially in the Kung Fu genre in 1977. Yes. Carter Wong was in 14 movies. <laughs> Weird. Okay. 14. <laughs> now in 76, he did like 10. He's actually a fantastic martial artist and does a great job in, in some of the seventies movies. And so I chose one of my favorites partially because it's good Kung Fu, but also because it's a really really cheesy kung fu movie and that is the eight masters uh carter wong and it was in 1976 and he's done a bunch i mean i could have picked emperor of shaolin kung fu i could have picked shaolin invincible you totally could you totally could or the sequel to the eight masters about that debate team the eight master baiters <laughs> now that was a fishing movie oh <laughs> that's right my bad my bad um, no, that's so right. eight masters. That was is, ma- is, master debaters. That's right. That, yeah, the eight masters that's is on complicated. The eight masters is complicated. Listen, <laughs> his dad is killed. He wants revenge. He, oh, she just blew the end of it. Sorry, Shut up. Uh, his Sorry. dad is killed by these eight masters, and they go to kill him as a little boy, and he gets hidden away in a Shaolin temple. Never ever Fu. heard that storyline before. <laughs> he goes back and seeks revenge on each of the eight masters, each one with a different weapon and a different mastery. My favorite, the one with the claws at the end of the chains. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great that movie. And you know what I'll tell you? You will not find that synopsis or anything anywhere. You have to buy like a compilation of the 50 best Kung Fu movies. <laughs> All the public domain ones that nobody yes, wants. You yeah, know, you really do. And I have it on DVD. So shut up. <laughs> <laughs> His, cal- his copy's actually worn out. He's going to buy it again. <laughs> Is it possible the to wear a groove into a DVD? <laughs> oh, when the brass monks come in and they throw the little... Oh, do they play brass monkey? <laughs> oh, brass monkey. Oh. That monkey, monkey. <laughs> Great pick, Jay. Again, we all know I'm lying. <laughs> Jealous. <laughs> You're right, I am. Who knew that I would be the most mainstream this week? <laughs> because my pick yeah, is from 19... certainly not the best okay so it goes Galaxina <laughs> Eight Masters and, 19, and... 1992's Unlawful Entry starring not only Kurt Russell but Madeline Stowe yeah 
And Ray Liotta, which he's awesome too. Did you ever see Unlawful Entry? And no, it's not a porn movie. God. <laughs> <laughs> that is tonight's theme, though. <laughs> That's every every episode's theme, Kevin. <clears throat> That's what she said. Yeah. Yes, no, Unlawful Entry, 1982, Kurt Russell, Madeline Stowe. This, is, this definitely fits in that little thriller genre I love, which is early 90s, sort of the concept of somebody... The, the interloper, the, you know, the the person that should be safe, somebody that you know, protect your family, help you out, and yep. they turn out to be a psychopath. You know, had like, actually, yeah, you hand the rocks to cradle. cradle. Yep. Yeah, the was it uh, uh, Jennifer Eight? We're we gonna say Kevin. I was gonna say, wow, is is Rebecca DeMornay in this one too? No, damn it. But Madeline <laughs> Stowe is, and Madeline Stowe, is, yeah, yeah, pre plastic surgery. Um, you know what? Russell does a lot of the films like that. Like he did. Break, uh, yeah, Breakdown was going to be my other option. Yeah. But I went with this because I thought we did Breakdown one once before. I couldn't remember if we had or not. We probably picked it. But um, he plays a good suspense character, you know, especially in this one. I love it. It's, well, it's, it's funny because good... he goes from Jack Burton, which is the kind of, even though he's supposed to be kind of the psychic, but that heroic sort of character to playing this guy, which is he's more of the typical, you know, kind of suburban, a little soft kind of guy. Yeah. And what ends up happening is their house is broken into at the beginning of the picture and this cop, you know, the cops show up to investigate and Ray Liotta is one of the police officers. Easy cop. Yep. And Ray Liotta takes a shine to Miss Stowe and he helps them do things like set up their alarm system and he becomes very involved in their lives and then he won't go away. Another movie that falls in this category that's really good is called Pacific Heights with Michael Keaton, uh, Melanie Griffith, and I believe Tim, is it? Matthew, is it Matthew Modine or Timothy Hutton? I always get this two. I think it's Matthew Modine. Pretty sure it's him. But yes. You had, you had me at Melody Griffith. Yes. Yes. Again, pre plastic <laughs> surgery. So I always have to feel like I have to add that caveat. But yeah, uh, <laughs> Unlawful Entry, uh, 1992. It's a great little thriller. Uh, Ray Liotta plays a great psycho, which pretty much every character he plays has got that edge got that to edge. him. Yes. yes. So, Except it, Lawnmower Man. Ray Liotta was in Lawnmower Man? What the hell are you talking about? Oh, my God. I always get him and Jeff Fahey confused. Oh, Oh, that's right. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, Jeff Fahey. That's it. Yeah. I was like, uh, do you mean Jeff? They look the same. Yeah, they they got two eyes, a nose, a mouth. You're right. You know, they talk. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Jeff Jeff Fahey. Uh, is not in Unlawful Entry, and nor is no, Rebecca no. De Mornay. So I'm really glad I picked it. <laughs> and Wait, Jason and I are just making up our own movie as we go. Yes. <laughs> Unlawful Entry. We don't. We don't like yours, Joel. We're going to make up our own. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is he Captain Ron? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're doing. You're doing Overboard, right? Yeah, that's what you did. Okay. You know what? Don't hate on Overboard. Which, by the way, is it me or I? Actually, I take it back. I think the closest character Kurt Russell has ever portrayed to Jack Burton is his character in Overboard. In fact, there were moments where I'm thinking, I wonder if this is what he was out gallivanting around doing when his kids were unattended and becoming feral little beasts. <laughs> or bird? What was it? Bird on a wire? That's Mel Gibson. Dear God, man. <laughs> No, didn't he do that another one? That was Mel Gibson and Goldie Hawn. Goldie Hawn was in Overboard, and she was in Bird on a Wire. Kurt Russell was not. Now, if you want a movie he did with Mel Gibson, that would be To Kill a Sunrise. <laughs> to Kill a Mockingbird? That what? had Michelle Pfeiffer in it, who was also in Lady Hawk, which we covered, had that shitty soundtrack. 
<laughs> wow, this is five degrees of Joel. Let's see how far we can get his blood pressure to go up. I know it's awesome. I, I'm voting for going for a full-on embolism. <laughs> for the love of Christ, man! Wasn't he in Wyatt Earp? No, we no. That was Tombstone because it had that goddamn twenty-minute love scene that made no sense. It's in the middle of this kick-ass western, and there's not a lot of modern kick-ass westerns. And it could have been a kick. But what is what? Is, what does George P. Cosmatomatogogos do? No. What does he do? He puts a goddamn. 20 minutes sitting on a blanket love talk scene. It was like the, the Anarchy, the little Annie nerf herders in, in Attack of the Club. Why? <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Is that the one with Sharon Stone? Oh, God. No, that was Sliver, which had... <laughs> that had Stephen Baldwin in it. Oh. <sighs> sorry. Sorry. It was too easy. I had to take it. I swear I... to God. <laughs> It had Alec who? Who? Oh. <laughs> Alec Guinness! He was in Bridge on the River Kwai and Star Wars! Not A New Hope, because it wasn't called A New Hope then. Anyway, so hey guys, thanks for being on the damn show. <laughs> That's it. Show's over. That's the end. <laughs> yes, of Stick course. Yes, I, I, I think we'll uh, wrap things up by saying, Kevin, thank you for joining us. <laughs> I'm, oh, I think this entertaining, and I think this time you might have gotten 500 words in, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but I always got a lot of laughs, and that's what I love. Well, oh. good. <laughs> so, Jason, want to hit us with some knowledge, and then we'll let Kevin, uh, you know, pimp his stuff. <laughs> yes, I'll let Kevin start. Kevin, where can the good folks find you and your other shenanigans when you're not making trouble on this show? <laughs> Uh, well, they can head over for uh, genre TV to tuning it to sci-fi TV.com and for crazy B movie goodness over to Saturday B movie I knew I heard your voice somewhere before. Damn. <laughs> I knew you, I'm like, listen, this whole damn show. I'm like, where have I heard Kevin before? <laughs> Besides our show, where have I heard Kevin? Oh, those other podcasts. That's right. Uh-huh. That's right. <clears throat> and actually, hopefully by the fall, we will have Joel on the podcast. Yeah, for sure. A you tease. Feature. Actually, you know, know. What, you know, I totally have it coming, by the way, is for you to put me on a schedule and not tell me. <laughs> <laughs> and for something really so crappy like Repo Man. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. You need to get him on for something like Jersey Shore Shark Attack. <laughs> oh, no. I think I think he already has me lined up. I'm, I, I two think, classics. Two classics. I, I think we're doing a double feature. Yes. Do you, do you want to tell the, the, the kids what you're doing? Do you want to do like it? To... Do you want to, do you want to tell them now? Oh, go for it. Sure. Okay. We are going to do Troll, and we're going to do Troll 2. <laughs> oh, no fish in a barrel there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about the low-hanging fruit, Jay. <laughs> oh, let's do something controversially B-movie. <laughs> I I really uh-huh. I Sonny really... Bono. How could that go wrong? Hey, it has Julia Louis Dreyfus in it too. <laughs> oh goodness! <laughs> oh my God! I can't wait. I'm setting my DVR for that one <laughs> <laughs> because that'll be recording the TV show that he'd like to watch again rather than listen to the podcast that I'm on. I get it. Yes, exactly. Of... <laughs> so Jay, you want to hit up with some knowledge? <laughs> So uh, if you are so inclined after listening to the show, first, go to your nearest psychologist and get your head examined. Uh, secondly, if you want to listen to us again, check us out. 
ForgottenFlicks.com. We are also on iTunes. If you're one of those Apple, Pear, whatever people, <laughs> um, <laughs> check us out on iTunes. Uh, while you're there, give us a rating. Write us up a review. Tell us what you think, but only if it's good because if you don't like it, go over to another podcast. Um, and if you want to reach out and tell us what you thought of the show, there are several ways to do so. You can catch us on Twitter. I am at Flicks Sidekick. Joel is at Forgotten Flicks. Uh, we also have email addresses, I think. Do we even check those anymore? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Occasionally. Off. Yeah, There's a contact so. form on the actual site, I think. <laughs> it's Jason at Forgotten Flicks or Joel at Forgotten Flicks. Um, we also have a Facebook page. You can catch the podcast there if you live on Facebook and never leave. Or you can join other shenanigans, including our friend Mr. Bash there uh, on the group page where we talk all kinds of behind the scenes, and not only of the podcast, but of movies and clips and stills and music and all kinds of cool stuff from the films we cover. So. And most recently, I believe Kevin posted uh, something from Dragon Con, correct? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can catch uh, Kevin's connection, all the folks that are part of the podcast, and uh, come on, we've got all kinds of great stuff that they do as well. And of course, uh, thank you to Kevin Spencer for the kick-ass show art, as he always does. And he is actually part of the group as well. Yep. Usually making fun of my manhood on Facebook. So that's always fun. <laughs> Don't yeah, we all? Yeah. We assigned that to him. That's his yes, responsibility. That's his. <laughs> Kevin, your mission is accomplished for today. We all have a task. Yes. <laughs> so, yes, Kevin, thank you as always for the show art, you bastard. And thank you to – thank you. So many people are going to want to contribute to the show when you, you know <laughs> – Yes, the way you thank them, yes. I would... Thank you, them. you son of a bitch. Line, more of them. <laughs> <laughs> He's a masochist. He likes it and he knows it. So, thank, <laughs> thank you, you JV, yes. for the spoiler alert for this. Uh, you can check him out at jvmail.com. He does another great podcast that we uh, listen to on the side as well. And, of course, uh, inkspatters.com is Kevin's site. So, thank you to everyone. Thank you to Mr. Batchelder. Thank you to the Wang himself, Jason. Any final words, my friend? It's Jack Wang. Jack. (laughs) (laughs) Do you you want to try that again? (laughs) We broke him. Yes, we did. (laughs) What the hell was that? Are you watching Mannequin again? (laughs) It's Porky's all over again.